Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive, a Sunday morning service right here on our website. If you are a first-time listener, we welcome you. You only get one opportunity to be a first-time listener. If you come back a second time, we consider you part of our listening family. Doesn't mean you'll get anything in the mail. We don't have your address. We don't know who you are unless you introduce yourself to us uh, through the website, but we're so glad that you are here today, and if you come back again, consider yourself part of the listening family, and you who have come again to the website for a Sunday morning sermon, thank you for your hunger and thirst for righteousness, because that's what the Word of God is supposed to create within us. For all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for rebuke and reproof and, and, and correction and instruction in righteousness <laughs> that the man of God, woman of God, of course, might be fully furnished unto every good work. It is, it is how we receive the Word of God and how we place it as a priority in our life that is going to determine the level of our faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of the Lord. It's going to determine our Christian maturity. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It's going to give us a victory over Satan's devices, his strategies of defeat, of deceit and defeat, trying to overcome the believer. The Bible said that we put on the armor so we can stand against the wiles, the strategy of deceit. And John eight thirty and 31 says, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. I might add it will keep you free. Praise God. Amen. Listen. The Word of God is vitally important, and you are coming back for more. I held a Bible study, couldn't make it for the second installment of a Bible study, and and a lady uh, that came, and I, I actually went to tell them that I couldn't stay, and we canceled the Bible study, and I, and she looked so disappointed, and you know who you are if you're listening to this, and she said, Pastor, we want some more. And listen, friend, if you want some more, if you are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, then you have to be hungry and thirsty for the Word of God. Amen. We want to bring you a sermon today entitled, Jesus, Our Lord, Our Lord and Savior, not just our Savior, and not Savior and Lord, but our Lord and Savior. Listen very carefully as I make a statement before we go to some scripture. I believe many, many Christians have the ox and the cart turned around. You've heard that old expression. They put the ox, put the cart before the ox. Instead of the ox pulling the cart, the cart is standing in front of the ox and everything is awry and nothing is getting accomplished. Listen. In these days of cheap grace, hyper grace, free tickets to heaven with no change of the heart, no true repentance, 
I'm going to make a statement here. It'll be controversial. That's okay. Everything anybody does or says is controversial any longer. But the Word of God is the Word of God. It is not meant to be tampered with. It is not meant to be, uh, to be, to be edited to fit the, the culture or the norms within our society. It is meant to stand alone as absolutely perfect, inerrant, the unchanging revelation and will of God's purpose to save, to sanctify. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Every person on this planet that will give heed to his word and receive his son after repenting of our sin. I see a problem today after 50 years of pastoral ministry. I see a great problem, and I'm not the only one who sees it. It is that people want to receive Jesus as their Savior, get their free ticket to heaven, but stay on the same road of rebellion, of self-serving, not denying ourselves, not taking up our cross, not not just endeavoring to follow Jesus, but committing to follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior. I believe if you have a problem with the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then it's going to be very difficult to truly get saved. Because if we're not willing to change masters, the Bible said that you're of, until we come to Christ, you are of your father the devil and listen he's he masters us his works you will do no you may not become a a rapist or a terrorist or a serial killer but you are in in rebellion against god because he is the spirit of antichrist is already at work and the Bible said the whole you're of god little children here's the separation and the sanctification sanctification of his people you're of God little children and the whole world lies in wickedness the whole world outside the kingdom of God lies in wickedness literally under the influence directly distinctly and power of the evil one that's why It is vitally important that we recognize that you can't, as Jesus put it, you cannot serve two masters. You see, one or the other is going to hold sway in your life. You can't get your free ticket to heaven and continue to let the devil sway you and let the flesh rule you and let the the culture mold you, literally press you into its mold. And that's what it means when it says in the book of Romans, it says this, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body. This is that bowing to the Lordship of Christ that and, and to God as our master and no longer the devil. We present our body which contains our soul and our spirit, literally the whole of our being. We present our body holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service or true spiritual worship, and be no more 
conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove or exemplify what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Present your body. This is an act of the will. This is an act of our faith. This is a humbling of ourself before the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, friend, this is vital to to salvation. It's vital to victory after we get saved. There's too many people that, that loosely call themselves Christian and yet in no way bear any fruit in their life that proves they have changed masters. That's what repentance is all about. It's saying no to the devil and yes to God. It's saying no to the darkness and yes to light. It's saying no to self and yes to Christ. Hallelujah. It's bowing, not just believing. In fact, you need to bow before you believe God for anything. In the pattern prayer, commonly called the Lord's Prayer, the principles of which should be a pattern for all prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You see the bowing. And then give us this day our daily bread. Amen. Listen, dear friend, before we believe God for anything, we need to bow to God as our master, our sovereign, our king, to Jesus as our Lord. Praise God. Amen. It's not Savior and then, you know, bicker with God to what degree we're going to allow Him to have rule in our life. No, it's Lord and Savior, not Savior and Lord. That's why in the scriptures and in the greetings of the letters of the many of the epistles, it speaks of Christ as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the ox and the cart are lined up just the way they're supposed to be. Too many Christians wondering why they can't get victory over the devil, victory over the world, victory over the flesh, our two great enemies three great enemies. It's because Jesus has never been truly the Lord of our life. The Bible said that no man, no one can call him Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There has to be something supernatural occurring to change our heart and change our mind in order for God to change our life. Praise God. God wants you out of that kingdom of darkness. He wants you thriving in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus should be to every true child of God, our Lord and Savior. And when he is, we have the foundation for all victory over the enemy of our soul in our life. Praise God. No one's going to crucify the flesh and the lust thereof unless Jesus is Lord over our life. No one's going to deny themselves unless Jesus is the Lord of our life, unless God is our King. Amen. Jesus said it and very clearly, no man 
No woman, no boy, no girl can serve two masters. That means you're serving one or the other. Amen. Bob Dylan, Robert Zimmerman, (laughs) known as Bob Dylan, had a brush with Christianity. He read the New Testament scriptures and listened to what he said in his song. He said, you got to serve somebody. It might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you got to, you are, in fact, serving one or the other. You can't serve them both simultaneously. There's no question that Jesus is Lord, according to the scriptures, and that God is sovereign, Lord of the universe, and that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. The question we need to address is, is he my Lord, and is he your Lord? Jesus, my Lord and Savior, my Lord and Savior. And when that happens, and when our mind changes, and our, our heart changes, and our then our life, the trajectory of our life changes, we're no more carried away, pushed into the world's mold. Amen. We are now following a new master. Praise God. Matter of fact, it's a light, darkness, love, hate. There's no middle ground in this thing. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. You can't serve God and mammon simultaneously. Now, mammon is is commonly known as money, but it's more than that. Money in itself is not the problem. It's not money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. It's when we want it for something that it gives us, a false sense of security, a pride because I'm rich and people look up to me, and the, the power to, to buy things and sway things because we have such riches. Listen, that all of these things that keep us from that quality that Jesus demonstrated that allowed him to be so exalted, and it is the quality of humility, the quality of humility. It is this submission to God. It's this surrender to God. It's this nevertheless not what I will, but what you will be done. Jesus said it clearly. He said in the volume of the book it is written, I came to do thy will, O God. And when it became such a conflict uh, with, with, with the, and it wasn't the pain of the cross in and of itself. He, he, he endured the cross, the scripture said, despising the shame. He that knew no sin was going to become as if he had sinned and be treated as a sinner and die on the cross as a sinner would die forsaken of God, under the wrath of God. And he, he knew what was coming. <laughs> and, and, and he said, if there's any other way, any other way other than me completely dying to self and surrendering to the will of my Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. 
The Bible said that in the New Testament that Jesus thought himself, thought it not, not being proud or boastful to consider himself who he truly was, equal with God. Second person of the Godhead, Emmanuel, when he come, God came with us. Praise God. He considered himself itself not robbery to consider and say of himself equal with God. But he humbled himself. He submitted himself. He acquiesced to the will of the Father and took on himself the form of a servant and was obedient even unto the death of the cross. Therefore, and it doesn't begin with the cross, it begins with humbling himself and becoming that obedient even unto the death. Therefore, God hath highly exalted him, given him a name that's above every name that's named, and things in heaven, things in earth, and things beneath the earth that at the sound of his name every knee should bow, every tongue confess that he is Lord. Praise He's the master now. He's the master to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Listen to James 4 and verse 7. Submit yourself. This is what Jesus did. This is what humility brings forth in our life. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Now, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Listen, submit yourself unto God. The reason we've got such a problem with the devil coming against us, <laughs> amen, is because we try to resist him with faith, with the Word of God, with authority, and all these things are are capable. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the shield of faith. Listen, but there's a breastplate of righteousness. The Bible said that the grace of God, which has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, we should live soberly and righteously in this present world. In this world, we should live out our faith with Jesus' Lordship directing our life. Too many people are trying to resist the devil when they have not truly bowed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Therein is the problem. Remember the seven sons of Sceva, a Jew? They had saw the apostles casting out devils and they said, you know something? We could charge for casting out devils. We, we've listened. We've got the formula. We've got the formula for casting out devils, for becoming uh, exorcist. <laughs> we, we, so we, we can advertise that we will come to your home. We will come to where the need is and we will cast demons out of people. And so they went to their first appointment and they begin to use the formula. We adjure you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. Come out. And the devil spoke back to them <laughs> and said, I know Jesus. I recognize he has authority. I know Paul. I know he has authority. But who are you? 
They were, they, they hadn't even come to Christ as their Lord. They were not serving the right master and the devil knew it. And, the, and in the supernatural power of these demons in this person, he attacked them and he left them bloodied and beaten and naked. He tore their clothes off and beat them up. Friend of mine, this is not a day for playing games with God. Let me read a, a, a very loose paraphrase, but I like it anyway. It says, quit dabbling in of this, submit yourself unto God, then resist the devil. Then he has no choice, because if God is for us, who can be against us? He that's in us is truly greater than he that's in the world. But the authority that God gave Christ and the authority that Christ gives us is based on first and primarily submitting and humbling ourselves unto the Lordship of Jesus and unto God the Father. Listen, this one writer says, Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the Master. It's the only way you'll get up on your feet. I want to read that again. I like that. Get down on your knees before the master. The master. Listen, someone, you've you, you got to serve somebody, dear friend. You can't just go to church on Sunday and serve self. And listen, if you're serving self, you're serving sin. No doubt about it. And if you're serving self, you are in it, you are, you are serving Satan. You may, oh, you don't have to be a devil worshiper to serve Satan. All you have to do is let the flesh rule in your life and refuse the Lordship of Jesus Christ and refuse the authority of Scripture. Allow the Word of God in no way to shape you into what God wants you to be, but allow the culture to shape you into what it wants you to be. You you are serving another master. It's the, the time for fun and games are over. We need to make a commitment to follow Christ and to bow to God and no one Nothing else. Get down on your knees before the Master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Goes on to say, so let God work His will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God and He will be there. Praise God. The believer's authority, dear friend, to get the victory over the evil one. The devil doesn't begin with just resisting him. Just a resolve not to, not to let him rule you. It does not begin with putting on the whole armor, which is effective against him that you can stand, having done all, stand. Nor commanding him to flee in the mighty name of Jesus, which is a mighty mighty force against him. It begins, the foundation for all these weapons, it begins first and foremost in submitting to God. 
to the Lordship of Jesus, to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, to the authority of the Word of God. No, he is not Savior and then debating to what extent we're going to allow him to be the master of our life. No, he is Lord and Savior. The first thing we need to do when we get saved is to make sure we have Christ as our Lord, our Adonai. Jews were very careful about the name of God. The word Adonai, from which the word Adon, which the word of Adonai is the plural, it's used three hundred times in the Old Testament. It means master, lord, owner. The New Testament says we're bought with a price and we are not our own. But we still have to give ourselves away. In effect, offer your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and be no more Be no more pressed into the world's mold. Amen. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. It means master. It's used and is used for how how slaves speak to their masters. Our, our, Our web minister, our web pastor, if you please, Brother Douglas, listen, he identifies himself online as doulos. And doulos was the word that was used for Paul, a doulos of Jesus Christ, servant. And it means a slave. Not not in the sense of some kind of, of, of abuse of people. God doesn't abuse his servants, but his servants recognize him as their master. And they are glad to serve him. Praise God. He deserves. He doesn't just demand us to be servants of his, but he deserves. That's why Paul, rather than making an initial demand, he said, I beseech you by the mercies of God. What a wonderful master he is. What a wonderful king that he is. But he is a king. He is a king. He's not someone you debate with. It's someone that you bow to. Praise God. I like Deuteronomy 10, 17. It said, For the Lord your God is a God of gods and Lord of lords. Ah, yes, Jesus. When he returns on a white horse because he's one with the Father, what is tattooed on his thigh, what is written on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. For the Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great God, the mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and takes no bribes. Praise God. When we say that God is Adonai, we are stating that he is Lord of all, that he is supreme over all his subjects. Hallelujah. Jesus being Emmanuel, God with us, is our Adonai in the new covenant. He is our Lord. Listen, here is the victory gained by the Lamb. The Lamb shall overcome in the old covenant. Listen to Revelation seventeen fourteen. 
These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. Why? Because He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And here is the victory, according to Matthew Henry's commentary. Gained by the Lamb, the Lamb shall overcome. Christ must reign until His enemies be put under His feet. And He will be sure to meet many enemies and must meet opposition, but He will also be sure to gain the victory. Here is the ground (laughs) of victory assigned, and this is taken. From the character of the Lamb, He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He has both by nature and by office supreme dominion and power over all things, and all the powers of earth and hell are subject to His check and His control. That's why when we submit ourselves unto God, and when Jesus is the Lord of our life, when He's Lord of all, Jesus is our sovereign king. He's Lord of all. His victory assures us of victory. Didn't he say it? In this world you shall have tribulation. Trials will come. Persecution will come. Opposition will come. Circumstances will come. But be of good cheer. Cheer up. I have overcome the world. And when we follow him who has gained the victory in our behalf, never, ever, ever lost a battle. (laughs) We will know a victory like we have never known. But it all begins with humbling ourselves, submitting unto God. Hallelujah. We are with Him in all the victory of His blood and all the authority of His name. I want to say that again. We are with Him in all the victory of His blood and all of the authority of His name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me read Revelation nineteen eleven through 16. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes are a flame of fire, on his head are many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth went a sharp sword, and with it that he should smite the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he shall tread the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings <laughs> and Lord of lords. The question isn't today, is he Lord? The question, is he your Lord and is he my Lord? Is he your Adonai? Is he my Adonai? The meaning of Adonai as sovereign Lord is carried into the New Testament. It's used of Jesus with the Greek word curious. Curious, no less than 747 times. 
In the book of Acts, Jesus is referred to as Lord 92 times. He is called Savior just twice. Listen, friend, in order for Him to be your Savior, He first needs to be acquiesced to and acknowledged as your Master. How are you going to, how are you going to not serve two masters unless you make the choice? And you need to make the choice and make a quality commitment to follow Christ. No longer sin, no longer self, and no longer Satan. I'm afraid that in the evangelical church, we've overemphasized his role as Savior at the expense of his Lordship. Actually, we've often created a false dichotomy by saying that someone can accept Jesus as Savior and not submit to Him as Lord. I don't believe repentance is real and authentic unless we're willing to change masters. One prominent pastor of a large church said this, and I quote in closing, I'm convinced that the church of Jesus Christ, not the denomination, but the, those professing to be followers of Christ, Christian, Protestant, Catholic even, churches that profess to be following Christ, that the church of Christ, Jesus Christ visible is filled with unconverted people, unconverted people with an exclamation point. And we accept some raised hand, signed card, Walk the aisle. Listen, you can walk the aisle and it be legitimate, but just walk in the aisle without changing masters, truly repenting, receiving Christ is not salvation, New Testament salvation. Some movement of whatever emotion to be true salvation, and we say, well, I know they discovered their, 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 I know they divorced their wife, and I know they are adulterous, and I know they drink a lot, and I know they don't come to church, but I remember the day when they walked the aisle. And he goes on to say in quotation, well, what in the world does that mean? What does that mean? There are people going across the country widespread in fundamentalist and evangelical circles saying all you have to do to be a Christian is to believe the facts of the gospel in one moment of time. And if you never believe it again, and you become agnostic and apostate and an atheist, you're still saved. You don't ever have to bear any fruit. Your life doesn't have to change. It has nothing to do with salvation. Do you know what that kind of gospel does? That puts people on the broad road who finally wind up saying, Lord, Lord. Now remember, this is all about who is the master of your life. And they hear, depart from me, I never knew you. The most frightening thing in the world to me would be the reality of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 20 and the following verses to think that you're going to heaven and you wind up in hell because someone gave the gospel that wasn't the true gospel. Now we're coming up on our 50th anniversary of this ministry of being president, director, pastor, evangelist, 
of the Holy Church of God Incorporated, not a denomination of fellowship of independent ministries, worldwide independent assemblies of God. 50th anniversary. I want to make a pledge right now. Coming up on this 50th anniversary, I will preach the true gospel. And furthermore, I believe that where the true gospel is preached, God will manifest His presence and His power. Praise God. Friend of mine, grace is not cheap, and we must never resist. We must resist the urge to spread the gospel of easy believism. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German pastor who was surrounded by lukewarm church leaders and cultural Christians who supported Hitler. He was in prison for his faith, and while in prison, he wrote these words, Christianity without discipleship is Christianity without Christ. It remains an abstract idea, a myth. There is trust in God, but no following of Christ. If we would follow Jesus, we must make certain definite steps. The first step, which follows the call, cuts the disciple off from his previous existence. Friend of mine, it's easier to call him Elohim, Creator, than to accept him as Adonai and live under his Lordship. Jesus is Lord and Jesus Christ is Adonai, both Lord and Savior. I bow to Him because He's my Lord. I worship and serve Him because He's my Savior, my Lord, and my Savior. My Lord, my God, my Sovereign, my King has come to take my place on the cross, my God suffering and dying for me. If we bow we will certainly be blessed. Praise God. Amen. I want to close with this. Deuteronomy 33.12 about Moses blessing the tribe of Benjamin. He said in Deuteronomy 33.12, And of Benjamin he said, The beloved of God shall dwell in safety by him, and the Lord shall cover him all day long, and he shall dwell between his shoulders. Glory to God. Amen. Listen, Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and God exalted him because he humbled himself and became obedient even unto the death of the cross. We should become obedient as a disciple of Jesus to deny ourself, take up our cross, which literally means to crucify the flesh and the lust thereof. Will you be sinlessly perfect? No, you will not. But here's what's going to happen. The world won't be able to push you into its mold. You won't be. You will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you reckon yourself to be dead unto sin and to self, but alive unto God. Hallelujah. You and I will struggle with the flesh as long as we're at home in the body, as long as we are living in this world. But in the name of Jesus as our Master, our King, our Sovereign, 
we will always overcome. We will not overcome immediately to where there's no struggle, but we will win the battle. And we will, if we fall, we will get up and go on, forgetting the things that are behind (laughs) and reaching forth to the things that are before. I strive, I strain forward for the mark, for the prize, the high prize of my high calling in Jesus Christ. Oh, friend of mine, today is a day when choices need and must be made. If we don't make the right choices, we'll be carried away with the current and the riptide of the falling away. It's gaining momentum because we're in the last of the last days. Christian, it's time to let Jesus reign and let God rule in your life and in mine. Hallelujah. And give no place to the devil. And get a good look as we submit unto God and resist him. Get a good look at the backside of the devil fleeing from us instead of always coming against us and prevailing. Today, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can change masters. You can come to Jesus You can accept Him as your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sin. And He has promised that God will forgive you. He will save your soul, seal you with the Holy Spirit, keep you safe from the wrath to come.